0: It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wilde with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers show, Tuesdays with Aaron. With Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I feel like I have to call you Mr. Salty after what your coach
1: said yesterday. but What? Mr. Salty?
0: So he said. He said he likes you. He likes the way you're playing right now. He likes when you're salty. When you're
1: salty, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Is that an adjective you've ever had uh, thrown your way?
1: Oh yeah, multiple times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we will. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about your 1917 victory over the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Baltimore Ravens, on the road. Thrilling. In, uh, you know, you said something after the game that i thought was really neat you came in and basically i think it was uh vic Ketchman who asked you about the game i don't know what he asked but your answer was great about how those are the games that remind you why you do this why it's fun um in your time as a starter you've won some big games you've won the super bowl you've won playoff games so this is a little different but an early season game in which you have injuries you have adversity you're playing in a hostile environment. Is that coffee okay for you? Yeah, it's great. Thank uh, you. Have you had a, a, a lot of games like that one? I mean, it seemed like a really signature win.
1: Yeah, I don't really know what that means. but
0: uh, One that says a lot about all those things that we don't quantify, character and fortitude and all those things.
1: It was fun. It was a blast uh, after the game. I mean, I've said on this show before, there's... There's not many things that are more enjoyable than uh, a plane ride home after after a road win, and it's a special uh, special environment. The locker room after a road win, you're in a foreign environment. You're celebrating with your teammates, knowing you're going to load up and head back home. Uh, it's just it's a special feeling. DJ gave a great uh, pre and post game uh, speech to us. Um, one of the best I've heard in a long time, and that's what's exciting about the leadership of this team stepping up. But, but uh, he had us jumping around. I don't know if they showed it on TV or not. I think there's some cameras in there. Uh, but he had us jumping around after the game, uh, just in excitement. Um, and on on one level, you might say, "Oh, you know, kind of act like you've been there. It's your first road win." But uh, the emotion of a day like that kind of takes over, and that's why I said what I said after the game. Uh, it was such a special uh, special moment. Uh, and it just gives you that perspective of uh, you put a lot into this you put your body on the line uh, you put your future health on the line uh, but you do it uh, because uh, those moments like that remind you why uh, you know why you love this game so much and why you're so blessed to to be able to play a kid's game and and get paid the way you do and and have the opportunities that this game allows you
0: i want to ask you a little more about the game but about tj he said that he had you find out on Friday that you're going to be a captain, and then you know that you might be called on. So he said he prepared this big speech, and then he junked it at the last minute. When a guy does that, does it have an effect on how you play? I mean, you know, it's not like it can carry you through a whole game, but what impact does it have when a guy fires you up that way before a game?
1: Well, there's usually a obviously a lag between that speech and you know, a 1 o'clock Eastern game, so it was 12.47. He gives a speech, and the kickoff is one oh two. So it's hard to sustain that for 15 <laughs> minutes. However, uh, I've always felt like, uh, you know, a, a speech that's very simple uh, and direct but leaves you with something, uh, some sort of motivation or, or something to, to hold on to can really sustain you uh, at different points in the game. And it helps as an, as an offensive player when it was TJ to see him every time in the huddle and for whatever reason, uh, he was especially vocal this week, and uh, you know, I applaud him, and Evan and Josh. Those three guys have been uh, exceedingly uh, vocal uh, during uh, TV timeouts, uh, getting guys focused on the sideline. Uh, it's fun to watch those guys step up and be uh, and be leaders in the way that they uh, they can, because they've earned it by their preparation, by their play. And when you do that, you have a voice, and those guys are taking uh, advantage of those opportunities. I'm really proud of them for that. And, and it, I think at times, like we've said before, the chemistry factor uh, has a difference in, uh, in games and has a difference in the way you finish up a season.
0: So you use the word sustaining. How do you sustain what you did on Sunday then going forward with the Browns this week and the Vikings on the road again the following week? How do you take it and, and stack successes as you guys talk about
1: well, it's going to be tough. We're we're going to be uh, uh, short-handed in in some spots, uh, but uh, I like the way it's shaping up. I really do. I feel like this is the, a team that has a chance to do some special things. We're flying on the radar a little bit. Uh, we're we're dealing with a lot of adversity with injuries. We've seen uh, you know some some guys go down with some significant injuries who are going to miss multiple weeks or even the season, and guys are stepping up and playing playing well now. The the overall look of it might change a little bit. It might not be as flashy uh, as, as some fans might expect or want. But, uh, you know, there's there's one very, very important stat uh, to me, and that's winning. And uh, there's no substitute for it. Uh, it might be ugly at times. Obviously, we love the games you can score 40-plus points and, and put on a show. But... Um, you know, In the end, it's all about uh, putting yourself in a position to make a run at the end of the season, and it's going to be important during this stretch right now where we're going to have a lot of key guys out uh, who who are expected to play big roles that the next guy steps up and plays well, and then we uh, take care of business.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm not allowed to use the word concerned, so I won't. Um, but you lose Randall Cobb, reports somewhere between four to eight weeks with his injury. You lose James Jones. Maybe able to play this week, maybe not. Mike McCarthy won't say. So you're down to two wide receivers on offense. On defense, you're already without Clay Matthews. You're without Brad Jones. You lose Nick Perry. Now you find out it's even worse than you might have thought in the game. What do you think of the injuries that you guys are facing?
1: I think it uh, it's making it difficult. But uh, I'm excited for, for some of the young guys and their opportunities. Andy Malumba, uh, I thought, stepped up and did a nice job in the game. I didn't see the film, but uh, from the sideline, it looked like he was uh, making a lot of plays. He's getting an opportunity to play more. Um, old, an old staple for us, uh, who has often been a, a semi-forgotten man, as AJ Hawk, and he had one of his best games statistically as a Packer. He does a lot of things for us that don't always show up in the stat sheet, but uh, three sacks, uh, you know, tackles for loss, and he had 10 overall tackles. Um, now, he's a guy who at times has been pushed out of the out of the dime package been pushed out of the nickel package and here he is in his eighth season with us uh, in impeccable shape and continues to make a place for us so I'm really uh, I'm really happy for him not surprised you know he's a good friend and and uh, spent a lot of time on the field with him and really really am uh, am happy for him having success he knows he can have and I look forward to to him playing a you know a an integral role in our defense and, and in our locker room as a leader.
0: Are, are you buying his theory that because he has kids, it's actually not his theory, it's Brady Papinga's theory that when you have kids, you develop some sort of unexpected man strength? That was his explanation for his play. He thinks he needs to have more kids. He needs to talk to Laura about it.
1: I don't think she's going to need a whole <laughs> lot of talking into on that part. Uh, but if Brady Papinga says it,
0: it's the gospel.
1: It must be true.
0: Um, how do you see the offense changing with without Randall um, do you see Jermichael's role being altered do you see teams focusing more on Jordy and how do things change with the way your run game has been uh, this is four straight weeks now we can't say it's a fluke anymore it's this this is legit is it not
1: it is i'm i'm fist pumping here kind of a low fist pump here in the you are for the, the video uh, thing in the office yes for the video feed here I'm one yard away in uh, two weeks ago from four straight uh, 100 yard rushers uh we're a top 5 uh running and throwing the football offense. Uh this is uh it's exciting, you know, it's exciting uh, offensive football, you know. We're again second straight week, you know, we've we've had some uh slow production in the passing game early and then we kind of get it going there in the third and fourth quarters and and put up uh a number of, of yards. Uh but running the football has opened a lot of that stuff up and I give all those guys a lot of credit. I think the you know, the majority of the credit uh, for the players goes to the offensive line. I think those guys have done an excellent job of opening up some holes. Teams have been daring us at times to to run the football. But against Baltimore, you know, especially in the second half, there were some real tough looks that we stuck with some runs. And the guys did a good job of getting the hat on the hat, and Eddie did a good job of making a guy miss. I mean, Eddie, as a as a runner, runner I think he's underrated when it comes to being elusive. I mean, he has the ability to make guys miss in the hole. And when you pair that with uh, some great power, uh, he's—you know—he's the kind of back uh, that makes you smile. So, uh, very happy for him, Jonathan. And when we get—we uh, get James back, you know—that's—that's a, that's a solid backfield excited for those guys and their opportunities. And if they continue to run the ball well, we're going to get more opportunities like we had in the game to, to take a shot down the field, and we're able to hit that to Jordy. A couple of
0: things before we get to inside the helmet. First of all, your confrontation with uh, Matt Elam, you talked about it after the game. You talked about what uh, James, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I, James, I, well, yes, and we're and on James. the first-name basis. <laughs> That's no, a good yeah. thing you are. Yeah. Uh, how he? You thought he made a semi-valid point. Um, when you look back at the play, how do you view it? Do you, you still take issue with it? I know John Harbaugh disagreed with you, too. How do you view it?
1: Well, everybody's entitled their own opinion. That's what's great about the First Amendment and uh, the United States of America and the Constitution, uh, and so I respect that. Uh, again, I thought the conversation I had with James was uh, was a very interesting one because uh, I may have not uh, understood how much they think about uh, the rules and how difficult it is for them to uh, to find that target area um and i i respect uh i respected what he said um i didn't have to agree with it but i think i still think you can respect opinion even if you don't agree with it that being said i think there are multiple plays in the game in other games that i saw on uh, on some of the highlights where guys had a uh, limited amount of time and were still able to hit their target area we're professional athletes we have great body control that's why we're in the nfl and I thought there was uh, ample time to uh, to find the proper target area.
0: You lose him, and obviously Jarrett Boykin has to play even more. You guys aren't able to go with your traditional three-wide receiver set, although you have Jermichael who can certainly do that. It looked like you and, and Jarrett, he had a couple of drops, and then it looked like maybe you guys weren't quite in sync. Do you spend extra time with him knowing he's going to have a greater role? Because I know you spent time with him in the past and, and like what you you got from him
1: yeah you know i don't think we need a whole lot of extra time. Jarrett's one of the smartest guys we got on the football team, and he's very sharp he understands his role he's ready to play every week and this guy went uh you know four weeks without really playing uh at all one or two plays a game here and there uh, for the most part because those three didn't really come off the right. field um, He was thrust in there. I missed him on a couple I should have hit him uh and then was able to to get him uh you know just a little quick uh a quick one-step on the backside, he made a great uh, run after the catch. And hopefully that play is going to give him some confidence going into this week, coming up. But uh, Jarrett is the kind of the kind team that you love playing with and you love practicing with because he sells out every day in practice. He is a true professional. And I think he's the kind of guy, when he gets his more opportunities – uh, you're going to see a lot of production. Uh, I'm excited for him and his opportunity. I think it's going to be uh, going to be real good for him, and I think he's going to do a great job for us. Let
0: me uh, let me ask you then the question that uh, that I asked Mike McCarthy yesterday that got the response in which he. Again, you didn't see this? I know you don't read my stuff, which is okay, but you don't read anybody's stuff, basically? You steer clear of our... uh... Every now and then I might
1: stumble across something.
0: He said, I like him when he's salty and conflicting and all that. It's good to see that side of him. The players are all competitive, don't get me wrong, but he has a tremendous competitive streak in him. That's why I think we all get caught up in the numbers and go, wow, but I really like the way he's playing right now. Talked about how you're uh, playing a lot of adversity football. How do you? So I'm asking you, how do you think you're playing?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm I'm happy with that we're three and two. Um, you know, there's been uh, there's been some some throws you obviously would love to have back, um, but and and you know, fumbling twice in the game is, is not really the way I, uh, I've been accustomed to playing. But uh, it was a tough five weeks when you looked at the schedule before the season. You knew that was going to be uh, as tough of a start to to my six years as we've had. Um, I'm not saying it gets any easier after this, but uh, but that was a definitely a tough stretch for us, and now we have 11 left, six at home, uh, five on the road, five division games. Um, this is where, w- with the injuries we had, we've had. This is where we uh, we're going to figure out what kind of team we're going to be, and and I understand my role and my responsibility. I think I can definitely play better, but uh, I think at this point. Uh, it's not about the stats i've put up many seasons uh with uh with pretty gaudy uh statistical marks uh the year that we won the super bowl uh i would not say is one of those years it wasn't uh you know one of those years where i, I was off the charts uh stats wise uh we won a super bowl that year so i'll do whatever it takes for us to win uh, i love the fact we're on the football well um i need to take care of the football uh better and i will and I expect us to uh, to be successful.
0: What do you think of what he said about being salty? Obviously, people thought about what happened in Cincinnati. I'm wondering, is that – he he said, when somebody followed up, he said, conflict is good. Do you guys – do you think that that builds your relationship sometimes when you don't see eye-to-eye? I, the reason I ask is um, – th- I was going to use this and Ask Aaron, but I thought this was interesting. I don't know. You're a Sorkin guy. You like the newsroom. I don't know if you watch Sports Night back in the day um but chris says it's taken me a lot of years but i've come around to this this is the quote from sports Night. if you're dumb surround yourself with smart people if you're smart surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you chris says it's probably my favorite quote on leadership and i find myself using it with my staff my question for aaron is do you find this quote to be true in your relationship with mccarthy and if so how does that relationship evolve when you guys disagree
1: i think conflict is is definitely a good thing uh for our relationship. Uh, there's, you know, there's there's conflict in, uh, you know, Tom and I had conflict. Uh, ben and I have had conflict. Um, you know, Mike and I have had conflict. I think, it, you know, you, you have to have um, conflict if you want to grow. And it's not always a confrontation. A Conflict can be a, a disagreement uh, about uh, the plan on, on what you want to do to attack them. And I think there's a way of, of going about and doing it uh, that can get things done. And ninety-nine percent of that's been behind closed doors, and that's the way that we like to do things around here in Green Bay. Uh, every now and then, something will slip out there, and, and and you know the fans will see it on TV and wonder if there's an issue. And um, behind closed doors, I think uh, you know Mike and I, whoever it might be that, that has had conflict, uh, you laugh about it because uh, it's part of the process. Mike and I have been together for eight years. It's amazing. Um, nobody. I was talking to people last week about. You know, how many people uh, organizationally and that are on the trip with us, how many people were on that plane in 2005 to, to Baltimore? Not many. Right. Uh, that says a lot about, uh, you know, the longevity we've been able to have myself and, uh, and the other members who were on that flight in '05. But uh, it says a lot, too, about... You know that this staff uh, came in '06 in and is still here eight years together. there's been only minor minor changes on offense and one change over on defense and um, you go through a lot uh, you know in a player to coach and relationship and I'm, I'm happy with where it's at uh, with Mike and I, I think uh, you know, we've definitely got a lot, of, a lot of good memories together.
0: One last thing before we go inside the helmet the big story this week speaking of conflict and what you went through and how things are now. Uh, Peyton Manning goes back to Indianapolis. You obviously faced Brett Favre. Now hes you guys are in a great place. He drafted you as his fantasy football quarterback. Um, what was that like then, now that you've got some distance from it? What is Andrew Luck? I know it's not apples to apples. The situations are slightly different. But do you have advice for Andrew Luck, or can you say what he's going to kind of go through and predict what he'll be feeling?
1: I think it's a little different situation. Yeah. Um I feel like it was a pretty uh, amicable um, mm-hmm. departure, uh, and even reading some of the uh, comments, uh, something about Manning thought told Jim say it'd be silly not to draft Andrew Luck. Um, you know, it was a different situation. Uh, so we played um, against the Vikings in oh9 uh, and '10. Um, I really felt like, and I honestly felt this. And I still feel that there was obviously way too much made about it in the media, and that's just. That's uh, what know, we do, and and I understand that. I mean, we played the first time we played them was on uh, was on Monday Night Football at uh, at Minnesota, and it was actually I mean, one of my better games that year, minus uh, an oki okay I threw to um, Antoine Winfield. Uh, but Brett uh, had a phenomenal game, and they beat us. Um, then we came back at home, and. Uh, they beat us again. So that was that was obviously those two were frustrating. But I think I, there wasn't at the time as warm of a welcome, I think, as maybe Peyton's going to get coming back. Right. Second year was different. We'd, we'd played twice before already. Um, they came to us uh, in, a, in a game that both teams needed to win. Uh, we beat them. And, uh, and then we went up to Minnesota and beat them pretty good up there. Uh, and then that was kind of put to bed. But, um, you know, people have asked me before whether – It's this last week playing against Joe Flacco, who was a Super Bowl winning champion, Super Bowl MVP, you know, up there with the highest paid guys. What I felt about it, and I said the same thing. I don't play against that quarterback. I play against that quarterback's defense. Now, um, you know, I obviously want to get our guys to score more than they can get their guys to score. But I, I didn't look at it ever as a one on one matchup. The everybody in the media tried to get me to do it. I wanted to win that game. As bad or more, or more than uh, than every other game this season, but uh, it was it was obviously overdone.
0: Let's go inside the helmet. Talk about the game on Sunday, the 1917 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you talked about it after the game. Uh, Jordy says you need to work out more if you were winded after your 12-yard run, and he ran all the way down the field. So you can take that up with him. Um, but take us through that play, and I'm wondering if. In the middle of a game, we just said, hey, Aaron, throw the ball as far as you possibly can. How far would it go? Because that one went 62 yards in the air, and I'm guessing you could probably f- throw it even farther if you had to.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was slightly into a cross breeze there, <laughs> and it didn't factor in uh, the maybe extra one or two yards if the ball hadn't been caught. Um, that was. Th- those are some of the, the most enjoyable throws Uh, on plays like that that I've made. I was telling somebody, uh, you know, it was probably my second favorite throw on that play that we've had. I had one against uh, Chicago to Jordy on a very similar play on Christmas night a couple years ago Mm -hmm. uh, that I felt was a more difficult throw because of the temperature makes it a little harder to to throw a a tight spiral. But um, it was a great call by Mike. I just rushed for a first down and uh, went to that personnel group, called the play. The protection was great. We actually got... um, fortunate enough to, to have that call on by their defense they were playing um tight will me 66 which i know because it's what our defense calls it and uh which means that the the end to the uh, strength of the formation the outside linebacker is playing uh, uh he's more reading the play and not coming on the pressure which it, if he had came it would have condensed the pocket a little bit uh, so i got outside very clean john was leading the way and at that point uh um, because the fake uh, did enough to influence uh, James and uh, and Ladarius outside, um, I knew that I had Jordy, and it was just a matter of putting the ball uh, in the right place. Now the difficulty with that throw is one: it's 60 yard; it's a 60 yard throw. Um, but two, uh, he's open by five yards, uh, which is a, a a good amount, but but not. A huge amount. If you think about a sixty-yard throw in comparison to like a thirty-yard throw, that sure. obviously takes less time to get on them. So you can't baby it. You, you can't really underthrow it if you want to throw a touchdown. But again, you can't overthrow it either because that that's one you you know you got to hit. So uh, you just try and pick a spot. I've always felt like in that situation, if you use more of the field uh, with more arc on the ball, you have a, a greater percentage of uh, greater opportunity to complete it. Now, I didn't take my own advice in two thousand. Uh, nine playoffs against Arizona, that ball should have been a little higher and a little more across the field. But you live and you learn. In this situation, I was able to put the ball in a good spot, and Jordy uh, caught it in stride and scored. Is
0: that the type of play that, because teams weren't respecting the run last year, didn't work as much, or am I
1: making an assumption there that's inaccurate? That's probably the smartest thing you've said all day.
0: Uh, not not a lot of competition. Maybe not. <laughs> um, the only other, so how far can you throw it? Like, it, what's the max there?
1: I've thrown it without pads on in coming out of high school, kind of amped up for a, an all-star game. I've thrown it about seventy-four. Okay, the one in uh, Detroit uh, back in oh uh, nine, I think it was on Thanksgiving. I threw to Donald. Was about max distance. I have to go back and look at that. That was upper 60s. Okay. Yeah. But
0: well, with pads on, that's that's about upper 60s. That's yeah. about realistic. Okay. The other play I wanted to ask you—you you, you explained the throw to Jermichael, and he said, you know, you're 99% that you were going to him. I'm wondering about the next play, or the next first down that you get, when when Eddie has the four-yard run and then does the baseball slide, and Ted Thompson's in the press box slamming, very excited, slamming his hand on the counter. Tom Clements told us yesterday that that play was supposed to go to the right, and that you made the check. And he said there were probably 15 of those plays in the game, and there was maybe one or two that you could quibble with what you decided to do. Can you, without giving away too much to the Browns and whoever else, how does that work for you? And kind of what did you see that, because that was a huge play, especially after JerMichael had gone out of bounds, and, and they, if they would get a get a stop there, there's a chance they could come back.
1: Yeah, in that situation, uh, you just have to kind of trust your gut instinct almost. And there were a few of those plays um, where you just you have to trust what you see and what you feel. And I've I've done that uh, on the field for many years. And um, we had uh, a run call to the right. Now a lot of times when I when I'm at the line checking, I'm actually. point they were in a, uh, a 325 front which is an, uh, an under front out of their base personnel and i just felt like if we could get uh if we got another run pressure that the run to the left would actually be more advantageous sure enough they blitzed the uh the plug linebacker the weak side inside linebacker and dietrich grabbed him and uh TJ was able to get the 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 nose on that play, which gave us the edge. Uh, Week as David and uh, Josh did a nice job with their blocks, and then comes the smartest play of the day. Uh, we were talking about actually on the bus afterwards, uh, and the only conclusion I think you can come to is, obviously, you know Eddie's a smart player, but he's he's a winner. He's been a part of a winning program in college, and he knows how to play the game. A lot of times in those situations, we will call, um, uh, you know, uh, something in the huddle that that reminds you that hey, once you get the first down, get down or whatever. We did say don't go out of bounds. Uh, after Big Fella uh, had that great catch and run uh, and almost stiff-armed his way to the end zone, but uh, but Eddie, I mean, uh, he's a winner, and that was a great play.
0: Let's uh, let's look ahead to the Browns, and then we'll do our ask Aaron questions. Another uncommon opponent. Um, I don't know how preparation is different for you. I know Tuesday nights are film nights, so you'll watch a lot more of them. But what are your thoughts initially about uh, this Cleveland team and this Cleveland
1: defense? I think it's a very good defense. I think it's uh, a team that's been playing uh, really well up front. Uh, it's, you know, especially, I think their, uh, their front is, is one of the more stout we're going to see. Uh, they've got four guys who can rush off the edge. And uh, they're very talented on the back end so this is uh this is the AFC north is is typified by very stout fronts um, and and paired with uh secondaries that can really cover as well um, and and this is no difference uh with these guys and we've we've played two already um, and they've been knockdown down drag' them out kind of battles uh, with Cincinnati and Baltimore and, uh, we expect no difference uh with the browns this week they're a very well coached team and uh, they're coming off a a tough a tough one at home against detroit who's a real good football team so we're going to be expecting them to come in here and give us a real good game it's a special place to play they understand it it's uncommon opponent so um yeah we're going to spend a lot of time uh, talking about uh, uh, what to expect and, and maybe what you know what wrinkles they might uh, they might throw at us.
0: Let's uh, do our Ask Aaron questions. You can uh, email them to me, which a lot of people did, so we've got a few longer ones, or you can use the hashtag Ask Aaron on Twitter. The first one comes from John. Are you excited to wear the Acme Packer throwback pants again this week, and are they any different now that they're being made by Nike?
1: I'm not sure yet. We're I think we're all hoping that they'll be the same, uh, but... The, the pants have been a little bit more comfortable this season for whatever reason I'm gonna give it to my uh, my boys at Nike and say that uh, the, the pants they've been making material using is a little more comfortable but um, I'm we're all hoping that these are still going to be those special comfortable pants
0: do you wear those compression type Circulation pants, like under your suit after the game. Like Jordy, Jordy was the last one in the locker room, and he he had those on. Do you do you wear those? Do those help? No, I'm old school. Yeah, like yeah. you don't tape your ankles. Same right. thing. Yep. Uh, the next question comes from Dan. He says, "I noted that Aaron was unable to go to the hurry-up offense and took multiple timeouts to correct alignments. In many ways, and I don't know if that's the case. You can correct this. Yeah, uh, it's not really um, nice there. in many ways. I felt like this was a tremendous job by him keeping his cool and leading." That's his emphasis. The troops, the victory. How concerned are you with all the? He used the word "not me." Mm. With all the new faces you're going to see in the huddle, and will you have to wait and not be able to run some of the things like the no huddle until those veterans return?
1: Oh we put a lot on our guys, so I, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't rule out uh, running the no huddle. Now we might have to get creative with some of our personnel packages, but um, the, you know, when we had uh, those guys go down um, on Sunday, it, it, it turned into. Uh, you know, let's make sure we're in the right play, the right formation. And if we're not, we've got three timeouts, we're ahead in the game, let's run 40 off the play clock, Yeah. and uh, and let's take a timeout. Uh, that happened a few times where we, we may have had time, we may not have, but, you know, I, I feel like it's it's more important that we we feel great about our play uh, or formation, and uh, especially on those last three drives. I mean, those were... We had to have it. That's what I'm most proud of our offense about. We had to have it. We scored on our our last three possessions and, and ran out the clock. Oh, on we the scored last on last one. two yeah. and then ran the clock out on the last one. Yeah.
0: Um, Danny and I don't. I'm, I miss this. So tell me what he's talking about. Whose camera was Aaron using on the sidelines? Uh, does he consider himself a bit of a t- photographer? And is it Nike or Canon? Were you taking pictures? On Nike the side? or Nikon? sorry. Nikon. Okay. Although Nike makes a lot of stuff. They do. So.
1: Yes, they do. There was uh. That was not mine. That was a prop for the uh, captain's photo. Oh. Yes. I'll have to check that then. Uh, I don't have a, a camera on my, uh, my flip phone. No? Flip phone. No. Your
0: your your old school flip phone, yes. Yeah. Uh, Jim Hain has a couple of questions for you. He says, uh, are you still dabbling with guitar? And if so, is your preference Martin, Taylor, Gibson, or Guild?
1: I am dabbling, yes. And I have... Uh, Some people collect uh, cars. Uh, Some people collect uh, other things. I have a small collection of guitars. Now, a few of them have been bought at uh, uh, charity events for friends of mine where nobody's bidding on a silent auction item on a guitar that says uh, Miller Lite on it. Uh, So I've got a couple of those. Uh, Those are uh, Fender Strats. uh, And I got uh, one of my most prized possessions is a a guitar that Ben Harper sent me. Uh, Wow. I have uh, another amazing guitar from Justin from uh, a local band that, uh, well, not super local, but uh, Eau Claire, Boney Bear, incredible band that he gave me that's that's also right up there with the Ben Harper guitar. Um, I have, I bought a Taylor. A real good friend of mine got me a Martin, which was an amazing gift. Uh, So yeah, I, I love guitars. And I actually, Adam- one of the first one I bought was at this charity event uh, down at uh, it was Doug Peterson's charity event down in uh, Louisiana that I still play all the time. That uh, that's one of my favorites. And Adam I just Duritz bought got- I just bought. Sorry, you're into this. I, I love just, it. I love guitars. And I just bought a uh, my first Yamaha guitar.
0: So do you have to get Adam Duritz to kind of deliver here? Uh, he's the he's the one musician that you're good friends with that I didn't hear listed in the guitar list.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really play guitar.
0: Well, but he's in a pretty popular band, so...
1: Yes, pretty popular.
0: Um, So do you get a little... I mean, you're grown-up and you're cool and all that stuff, but do you get a little excited when you get to... Hang out with those guys? I mean, I always hear athletes want to be musici- musicians. I do, yeah.
1: Musicians want to be athletes. All right. I get. Yeah, I get kind of geeked out.
0: Uh, the second half of Jim's question was, in your Cal days, did you ever cross paths with Jack Clark, Tom Phillips, or any other members of the legendary Cal Rugby Club, the closest thing to a dynasty in all of college athletics?
1: Yes, I did. And I think I can speak for uh, many people that attended Cal, their rugby team is a source of uh, great pride for us because they've won an unbelievable amount of championships. I don't know what it is now, but it, when I was there, it was something crazy like 24 uh, or 24 out of 28 or something. That's like that. Yeah,
0: Sounds like guys you should have living nearby you when you were living in that tough area of uh, Cal. Yep. Uh, we'll ask about that next week. The last question goes to Karen. She says, today I turned 53 years old. Aaron, what would you like to be doing when you're 53? Coaching, broadcasting, teaching history, recording, producing? Now, we're, what, six weeks away from the big 3-0? Yeah,
1: can I say living, first of all? (laughs) I'd like to be living (laughs) at 53. That's one. Uh, Check.
0: All right, let's let's assume that you make it there. You live a healthy lifestyle. Yes. And you're helping others.
1: Helping others. So that uh, 53. Yeah, I'd like to be doing something... uh, something for people you know i'd like to be i'd love to help out in some way at uh, at a high school coaching and on some capacity or helping uh young quarterbacks achieve their dreams on a larger scale i'd love to be doing uh, something uh regionally um you know in wisconsin and california uh to uh to help people who need uh, support whether that's uh, kids with cancer or underprivileged uh areas Um, people, uh, organizations, I'd love to be doing, and I I will be doing those kind of things, and then globally doing something uh, for somebody who can never repay you, I think is one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody. And uh, so those three things.
0: How about a smaller scale, like being a husband and a dad and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I'd like to do that at some point.
0: I've seen you with kids. You're pretty good with them. We will do this again next week. We'll talk about the Browns-Packers game. We will also take your Ask Aaron questions. Another one in the books. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.